What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Decode Podcast. We are back after taking some time off. Life got in the way, quite literally. (laughs) Life got in the way. (laughs) Um, We are are not coming to you live from the Waypoint Cafe, as you may have noticed. Uh, We are doing this show remote. Uh, Gino was away over at... Uh, PAX East this past weekend. Uh, I have been a little under the weather. I was also at a uh, wedding. We've had a lot of things uh, keep us away from doing the show, but uh, we managed to find some time. So we're doing a, a remote show. But, uh, so everyone can be safe. <laughs> we'd rather have everyone safe and like, potentially get sick and stuff. Uh, but we're here to catch you up on some of the stuff that has happened over the past couple of weeks uh, with a bunch of different things in the news and in gaming. Uh, as you may notice, uh, in the background, we have the picture of the new Overwatch 2 hero, Sojourn. Uh, the Overwatch 2 beta uh, was something that dropped uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, so we'll be talking about that later in the show. Uh, but let's catch people up on what we have been up to. I know, Gino, you've been like super busy with a bunch of stuff. But I will say to- this: the Steam Deck has proven has proven to be the greatest purchase that I have because I can now catch up on all my JRPGs on the go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Gino finally got his Steam Deck. I was able to take a look at it uh, a couple weeks ago and try it out for a bit. Very fun to very have it nice. in hand. Yes, very nice. Um, um, Elden, so Ring runs, Elden Ring runs great on it. Managed to beat the game, finally. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Really well, I mean, I, I, I ended up with the Satan ending. I might go back, replay the game again. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, oh, there's so much. Basically, in the time from when Ken held the held the um, the Steam Deck to today, there have been so many small little improvements on it that that it's absolutely absurd. They added lock screens. They've added easier ways to do um, docking if you want to make your own dock for it. Uh, there's just so many little quality of life issues that have just been picked up and fixed. It works now at my home Wi-Fi again. <laughs> for a little while I had issues with that like oh we forgot because I'm running on Wi-Fi 6 for those who don't know um, it didn't have support for that so it was just kind of confused it's like what is this Wi-Fi band they pushed out an update that fixed it um, I've also been able to pick pick up some older games that I've been playing like Altaria uh, Reiza 2 um, I've been able to play through all my Tales games again so I'm I'm genuinely having fun I have not done what everyone's been asking me is, oh, have you been playing RetroArch on it yet? I haven't done any emulation yet, just so everyone knows. Um, uh-huh. I'm not. I would like to do some emulation on it. But as of right now, the only kind of stuff I wish to emulate are things that are hard to come by. So. Mostly 360 games and other stuff. <laughs> Original Xbox <laughs> games and a lot of PS2 games that I've been missing for years. Uh, what yes. you've been playing? 
Uh, Ken? Uh, I've been playing a lot, actually. So, on our streams, I, I've been... I have started playing through the PlayStation 5 version of Mad Eater. So that's been pretty fun to play on stream. Uh, I realize I've not a lot about that game, so it's like kind of like relearning. Sort of yeah. So I was like, oh, I forgot that this area had this, these type of features in it. Uh, um, I also forgot how fun that game was to play. Um, so that's been fun to play through. Uh, as far as recently, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt uh, dropped uh, yesterday for the PlayStation 5. Um, probably one of the better Battle Royales that I have played in recent memory. You know, I, we have like some of the good ones. You know, you have like Apex Legends, you have Fortnite, you have Call of Duty Warzone. That is not a good one. Um, what's another one that's, you know, we said Apex, uh, PUBG is probably another one that's like considered the creme of the crop. We've had a lot of Battle Royale games try to like a lot of com- a lot of games have tried to go into that space. They haven't done too well. There is that uh, spellcast one. I forget the name of it. That's how like inconsequential it was. I, I no longer yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, remember that car one we tried the yes. other day? <laughs> um, well, well, it's funny you mentioned Battle Royale um, because I got turned to a brand new anime game that is a Battle Royale game. But it's a MOBA oh. Battle Royale game. Okay. And it is called, give me one second. I just have to look at the thing. Where did it go? Eternal something. Uh, here it is. Eternal Return. Uh, it's free to play on Steam. Basically a MOBA based battle royale game. <laughs> with okay. none of the turrets. It's, it, with none of the turrets or anything like that. It's just straight fight other people on the, on, on the map. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the Vampire uh, the Masquerade game, well, for those of you who don't remember, I'm a big fan of the World of Darkness G. Yeah. Suddenly remember when I played through Werewolf the Apocalypse last year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is part of that universe. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade has had a bunch of games uh, in their universe. This is the latest one. Uh, it is a very fun battle royale game brought to us by the original developers of the division. Uh, this is why we haven't had any division content in a while. Uh, most of them left Ubisoft to make their own studio. <laughs> so I just found out about this recently. Uh, they basically left Ubisoft. They left, you know, the division and massive, and they went to make uh, this particular game. And they took everything they learned from the division. Uh, with the smaller team, they were able to make this like, you know, open world battle royale thing that they have. Uh, it's currently on P- PC and PS5. Okay. Um, you know, typical open world stuff, you know, you run around, you find your weapons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have this um, this gas that's closing in on you as the map gets smaller and smaller. Um, but it's just really nice to see that uh, this team was still able to do something and have a game. So yeah. like once I found that out, I was like, oh, I, now that I know that there's a team behind it, I was like, let me download this and try it out. So I played for a couple of hours last night, and I played just a little bit before the show. Um, 
I'll probably show it off at one point just so that you guys understand what it's about. Uh, I might stream some games once I'm done with my man eater placement. Um, just because I love playing Battle Royale type games. It has vampires. Vampires are always cool. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Ubisoft. I don't know if you saw the rumor going around that they're apparently up for sale. Yeah, there's a <laughs> because Ubisoft's gone. This, this happens all the time with Ubisoft. Their stocks crash. Yeah. They, they go lower, and then it's like someone's gonna buy them, and it's like no one's gonna buy Ubisoft. Nobody wants that company. <laughs> Nintendo would buy them because you know they want the IP for for Rayman. Yeah, they want Rayman IP. That's a. That, that's basically, Nintendo would walk up with cash in hand, just just give us just give us this and give us this um give us uh the game that we're all waiting for. Oh my god, I just draw a blank on it. Bianca and Everson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they will bayonet it again. <laughs> Sega threw bayonetta in the trash. And then I was like, hey, can we have that? It's in the trash. We don't care. <laughs> It's so money. Sega did. They killed the project. <laughs> yeah, because like as much as like people like Bayonetta, like, it did not sell well. <laughs> it didn't sell well. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that. the original. Yeah, I think like, the actual original pressing of the game is still holding at like a hundred plus dollars. <laughs> really? Like the original pressing, like the original release of the game. Like the physical version. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, depressing to hear. <laughs> uh, I mean, eh. But yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, what else in other news before we hop into the main topic or topics? The Overwatch 2 beta went live. The which? I'm sorry, say that again? The Overwatch 2 oh, beta. Right, yes. Overwatch. I heard Guild Wars 2 beta. I'm like, I keep up with all the Guild Wars <laughs> news. They're getting like four more expansions. I know that much. What beta are you talking about? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Have you played? Have you played a lot of it? Or I played it at the cafe, ironically enough, yesterday. Oh, nice. So here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. This is my piece. Um, I'm not going to comment about the game because it has the Blizzard polished in an extent and everything like that. Like, I just like playing a game where I'm not having to run into a wall every 20 seconds. There are no shields. There's no, there's no giant wall that I can't get through. And I'm just like, I hate this. Like, I don't want to play Wall Simulator all over again. I'm happy with how the game right now is sitting. It reminds me of the original Overwatch beta, which, yes, was slow because certain characters like Ryan took a while. I just it just reminds me of the chaos of like the first few weeks where it's like, yeah, you can have a team of just all Bastions and a Reinhardt. <laughs> I love but. In terms of the feel of the game, I, I get what you mean when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, my takeaway from it was it was just more Overwatch, and I saw nothing that makes me see why they're charging full price again for this kind of game. Um, 
from what I understand, it, the game's actually free if you already own the game. If you already own Overwatch, you, you get it for free, from my understanding. Is that how it's going to work? Because that yes. makes things a lot better. Yes. If you <laughs> already own the original Overwatch game, I believe you get the game for free. They mentioned oh. that, and then they never talked about it again. So, remember, this is Blizzard Activision. <laughs> Just remember, it's Blizzard Activision. Um, so, from my understanding, that's what happened. They might do what Fortnite did, where you paid for, like, the story mode. And if that's, like, 20 bucks, okay. I don't... Sure. Um, but if the whole game is free, including the story mode, like the PVE part of it and everything, uh, for anyone who already has the original game and you just have to pay like the original, the, the price for like to get both games. then I, I see no issue with that in my opinion, because I think Overwatch standard was what? 30 bucks. Something like that. Yeah. So if it's 30 bucks for Overwatch 2, you know what? Fine. Fine. Like cool if you didn't if you missed out on the original overwatch um yeah I I, we're a week away from from the season happening so i wonder if they're being if they're using this build or if they're going to be using a different build the season starts may 5th we're literally a week away yeah i don't know what's gonna happen uh the game, that, yeah so. I don't know which build they're using. I know if the games are starting on Thursday, NYXL is the first play. So that should be fun. Um, yeah. And then Saturday is like so, the, the big opening weekend thing. Yes, yeah, so I used a couple different characters. Uh, I played as Bastion just because you know, his rework was pretty interesting. I love um, Bastion. He's a great. Uh, I love the fact that we get a bunny hop with him. Yep. Like it's the best thing to ever give a DPS character. They, yeah. They they basically made him Counter Strike. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him. He's Counter Strike. <laughs> um how do you feel I mean, about Orisa's change? I think Orisa is interesting. I think the best change was Doomfist. Uh oh, Doomfist being yeah. Tank. yeah. Uh fine. Uh Underpants made the game open. To your point in the chat, um, that was just too much considering all the buffs that you can be given with the other characters. Yep. Uh, so should have just never had them to begin with. Um, but that's a whole complication for a game design type podcast. And I'll tell you why that's wrong when it comes to game design. Uh, oh, I can tell you why that's wrong in any reason. I play Dota 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just more Overwatch. Like I, I don't really like if if you if you are ready if if they if they do what you said and they, they give it like it's a free update if you already own the first Overwatch, then that's fine. Yeah, but that's like, what's been said. It's been a free update, and then there'll be like season passes for like to unlock some stuff. From what like, I, I hope that's what yeah. Is. But like I feel like they're gonna charge full price because if that was the case, then you can just go out and buy like. A used copy of Overwatch, and then like wait for the update. On okay, hold on. In response to that, in response to that, that's what I was told regarding the PC version. I don't know about console. Oh, see that—that's the thing. 
Regarding the PC version, all I know is that the game will probably not be full price. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just more Overwatch. Like, the new map was when you got to play the new maps when they showed up. <laughs> yeah, when they showed up. I, I like the New York map. I think the New York map is very nice. Yeah, I like the you can fight through Grand Central. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's great. Um, and it's a good take on Grand Central, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I think the, honestly, I think the best change, though, and I, I, I don't really see a lot of people talking about this, was the move to 5v5 over 6 Actually, six. I, um, I've seen people talk about it. And, but it, and here's the thing. A lot of people are saying it should go back to two tanks, but one support, not two supports. And the reason why is because with two supports, it ends up just becoming too chaotic. I understand that because now you get stuck always with this combo of Moira and Mercy. Or Zen and Mercy. And it just even feels more oppressive. And the other characters aren't even being looked at in all honesty. So... I mean, I think Lucio uh, was definitely overlooked over the course of beta. Um, Yes. I saw some people playing him. I saw some people playing Lucio and, and was figuring out some interesting tech with him and uh, Sojourn. Yeah. So one of the things that I was going to point out, I was like, you know, you don't really have to go to full on supports. You can have like one street support character, like yep. Lucio. Yep. And then you can play as like one of the other characters that has built in support. So like, for example, Soldier 76 still has uh, his pocket heal. So you can, you, you can utilize him. He's so broken. He's so broken. <laughs> As of right now, he's broken. He's too good. He's too good right now. <laughs> I actually don't think he's good. I actually don't think he's good. I think, I think as far as like DPS is concerned, uh, Bastion is definitely the... Oh, no, no. no. Yes, yes. But I'm talking about in the sense of how his kit works right now with the two support, the two DPS, and the one tank. Soldier 76 oh, yeah. ends up becoming like a third support. And then it's yeah. just like it throws everything out of loop. <laughs> uh, he was always that good. I mean, he was always, yeah, he was always that good. <laughs> like um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen the gameplay, I'm sure everyone has checked it out. Uh, anyone thinking that, like, oh, you know, no one's going to pay attention to this, uh, numbers don't lie. Uh, the Overwatch beta was one of the most streamed stuff on Twitch yesterday i um i want to put a little asterisk to that because that is the power of drops as well the power of fomo people don't want to miss out on being able to play the beta yeah that too but like to 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 say that it's no longer a big deal i think is an underestimation of oh it's 100 an underestimation i'll be quite honest with you overwatch is still one of those games that i suggest to people if you just want to pick up and play a game that's easy to learn yeah watch it's literally requires you no previous gaming knowledge to pick up and go which I think it, it lends to its success in all honesty yeah it's definitely a game that you can just pick up and try out you'll learn over time yeah More than- yeah um huh. uh I guess uh one of the things actually that wasn't at PAX East which is surprising was Overwatch actually I was expecting them to be there. 
No, I think with COVID and just people worried about the population, I think they want. I mean, that's true. I will say I I will give props to Paxis for how serious they took COVID. You couldn't get in without proving that you had a vaccine. It was a mandatory vaccinated event. Um, and you had to prove it, and then they gave you a wristband. So it it was like a two-way to get into the con. Um once again, uh, for those who are joining from the pre-show, I'm just going to repeat it. The biggest developer there was Baldur's Gate. That was the biggest game there. Gearbox was there, but they were there as like a storefront. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, Baldur's Gate was the, was the big game that was there. Um, the biggest booth there was Intel, which was actually three booths. It was Intel, Newegg, and Thimbletake. Um, a lot of cool tech stuff. It was mostly indies and smaller, I would say double A or single A title games, which is nothing wrong with that in all honesty. Um, I saw a lot of good stuff coming out of, uh, some of, you know, the staples like, uh, oh my God, what's the, uh, the publisher, uh, Devolver Digital. They had a booth. They showed off some new games that they have coming out soon, which I think was great. Um, we had friends that were there, like the people over at uh, uh, Limited Run Games. Uh, they made a cool announcement that they actually f- opened a physical store for all their games. I don't know if you saw that. They have a physical shop. They have a physical store. Ironically enough, in North Carolina. So yeah, uh, I think that's where the the company's actually located. Yep. Um, which is even funnier because we were chatting with them because I said, "Do you guys want to be in more physical stores?" And they're like, "Yeah, we do." So I might carry some of their stuff in the uh, near future. Hopefully. That would be be great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No more wait times. (laughs) Well, there would be the wait on like whenever. Whenever it actually ships. Yeah. (laughs) But can always guarantee one for for friends. (laughs) Um, Uh. Other than that, I saw a lot of indie games take advantage of this. Um, the Tunic devs were there and they were showing off um, My Life as a Teenage uh, Explorer, which is like this kind of uh, story-driven space exploration game following this girl. Um, there was the Cadence of Hyrule uh, and uh, what's that dancing dungeon game? I'm drawing a blank. Um... The Night of the Crypto Dancer, or whatever. Yes, something yes like. Crypto Dancer. Those devs were there. They showed off more of their games. Uh, it was really, it really felt community aspect. It really felt community focus, which is hilarious because when you kind of when the last time I was at a convention like this was PAX 2020, and that still felt very everyone doing the money grab for esports. Well, yeah. This this one genuinely felt like. A video game convention. Um, I also learned that one of our uh, local friends, Video Game New York, I did not know that they're now a publisher. Did you know this? Yes, I did not. Yeah. Act, I did not know that they were publishing games. Actually, yeah, they have their publishing company is VGNY Soft. Yeah, uh, and then, they put out a bunch of indie games. Yeah, I've known that. <laughs> I've known that for some time. 
Yeah. Apparently this was like the their COVID project. Um yeah. but yeah, overall I think I think PAX East was a positive, positive note, and I would like to see more cons go that way. I would I would specifically like to see E3 go this way, honestly. Uh we know that E3 was canceled this year. Um there've been some announcements of some of the bigger devs are still showing their E3 showcases in June. Uh Microsoft has one lined Microsoft up. Gonna do theirs, yeah. Yeah, I think uh Ubisoft has one as well. Um so yeah. Any word of Sony doing a state of play in June or anything like that? Not yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they do it. I feel like they would. Yeah. Uh, I am surprised about Nintendo making that announcement for um, Splatoon and for uh, Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 3. I I can't believe that Xenoblade's coming out in June and Splatoon's actually pushed to September. I thought it would be flipped around, personally. I think Splatoon was coming out. It was originally supposed to come out July. Then yeah, just, then it got pushed back to September. But now we have Xenoblade Chronicles three in July. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which they just flipped. The, they just flipped the script. I mean, that kind of makes sense. They probably want Splatoon. It would make sense in September because that's technically when the esports season begins. If you really think about it, that's after uh, all the championships have done. So what Nintendo could do is start off with good streamed events and then push forward from there. That would be ideal if Nintendo actually gave a crap about esports. Well, remember they they hired Panda Global, so we don't know what if Panda Global is just doing Smash or all Nintendo esports. I would like to hope that it will be all, but this is Nintendo we're talking about. This is all yes, this is also true. Very, very true. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I love Nintendo. I'm gonna call it speed of speed. I call it speed of speed on every company. No, I mean, yeah, that's true. Like I love Nintendo, and sometimes I sit there and I'm just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> when it comes to online and when it comes to how they handle esports, Nintendo is for all points. Nintendo, they're just ass backwards, you know. Yeah, and I will. I will say, just so you know, there is only one esport that they genuinely, genuinely care about. And that's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, because they are very hands-on with the VGC. Oh, they are so hands-on with TCG, VG, VGC. They now expanded it to Pokemon Go tournaments. Um, they're doing the Pokemon tournaments because apparently Tencent... Oh, have you heard about this? Tencent lost their uh, business license in China, so they can't pay anyone. Really? Yes. Um, because the Chinese government's kind of upset at them, for some reason, I don't know the reasoning why. As of right now, Tencent cannot technically do; they can still function as a business, but any new contracts that they take on, payments have been delayed because they have to do these weird things that justify what the payment is to for the uh, for the Chinese government. So Nintendo has basically taken over the Pokémon, not Pokémon. That's the that you know the one that I'm talking about, the Pokémon MOBA. Pokémon's the fighting game. I- Pokemon Unite. Yes, Pokemon Unite. Yes, Pokemon Unite. So yeah, so we're going to see that also at Pokemon uh, World Championships, which I think is kind of cool. I think that's cool. I would like more stuff, like just them expanding into the different games they actually have. And yeah. I just want them to pay attention to the games that they actually use, you know? 
I, I, I think right now, because I think the Switch is in a good spot and everyone is waiting, I think Nintendo is not going to have a choice but to actually pay attention to what they have already. So, uh, that would be- <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did have some awards uh, shows though that we both missed apparently. <laughs> yeah, uh, the big one was the BAFTA Games of Awards 2022. That was at the beginning of the month. Uh, BAFTA was held on. I think, did April anyone 7th. get? Did anyone get slapped? <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was a a Chris Rock gaming moment, unfortunately. Um, let's go down and see. What uh, I guess we, I'm going by the actual BAFTA website here. Yeah, same. So I see the first one for animation. That one was Ratchet and Clank, which I agree with. It beautifully animated game, almost Pixar level, actually surpassing Pixar level, in my opinion. I'm on the actual BAFTA website, so. Let- Go down this one so we're not <laughs> crossing over here. Sorry, sorry. Um, so Returnal won a bunch of awards, actually. So Returnal won for audio achievement, best game music, and performer in a leading role. The actor Jane Perry, she won for her performance as the lead character in Returnal. Um, it takes two, one for multiplayer and original property. Ratchet and Clank won for animation and technical achievement. Uh, uh, Kimberly Brooks is another performance winner. She took the BAFTA for performer in a supporting role. Uh, she played Hollis Forsyth in Psychonauts 2. Mm. Uh, Tome, which is a hand-draw adventure game, won for uh, best debut game. The Artful Escape won for artistic achievement. Uh, Artful Escape we was featured by our, our wonderful founder Mario Bruno on one of his teams. Um, so great game if you haven't played it yet. Uh, Forza Horizon Five won British game. I feel like that's not British. fair. That's not fair. That's not a fair category. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, uh, no Man's Sky won for best evolving game, which. I gave it to yeah, you know, yeah. that game has definitely improved. It also it runs very well on the Steam Deck, by the way. <laughs> uh, Chicory, a colorful tale, won for best family game, uh, and in the category that uh, was labeled as games beyond entertainment, uh, that was won by Before which is yep. a, uh, a narrative adventure game that tells the story of a soul's journey into the afterlife. Uh, very good game. I watched a, a playthrough of it the other day. I was kind of blown away by it. Inscription won for best game design. Uh, Inscription being the card game uh, roguelike. It's a very good game. Yes. <laughs> it has no right. Like, no, like, I, I kind of want it as a physical board game now. <laughs> like it's legitimately such a good card game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unpacking uh, one for best narrative, as well as the EE game of the year that the EE game of the year was the one chosen by uh, the public. 
Uh, so yep. that was into unpacking. Uh, in terms of, I think, let me see, I'm missing one here. I feel like I'm missing one. I guess that was it. I guess that was it, yeah. I feel like there yeah, was... that was it. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, I kind of so, like how unpacking one best narrative because it does tell a great story without saying one word. For sure. It, it's very well done. It's one of those games that I love to use as a way to like de-stress between like other games. You know? Mm-hmm. So the uh, public <laughs> Huh? The public chose unpacking as game of the year, which yeah. I thought was uh, we had a that makes another. Sense. We had another one, the uh, gaming awards. Yeah, this is gamers, uh, spelled G A Y G A Y M I N G. This is a award and queer culture. Uh, they had their awards on uh, just a few days ago, actually, on April twenty fifth. They were presented uh, in person. And on Twitch, uh, so we're going to go over some of those winners as well. Yep. Uh, let me see. just have my list. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go from the bottom up here. So there was the award for Best LGBTQ Comic Book Moment Award, which was sponsored by Square Enix London. Uh, I think they only had the nominees here. I don't understand you said the best uh wait, which one was it sorry and the site that we linked <laughs> yeah hold on it was because that site only has the nominees it actually doesn't have the um yeah it was anyway, Comic Book, it right it was uh pride omnibus you're talking about uh comic Thank book you. moment right yes okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, best LGBTQ contribution to esports went to Emmy Captain Fluke Donaldson. Uh, Tabletop Game Award went to Adventuring with Pride. Queer we go again. That's such a uh, that's such a good that's such a good name. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had uh, LGBTQ Streamer of the Year going to Amesy. Uh in terms of best LGBTQ indie game that went to Unpacking, uh, right deserved. Uh, best LGBTQ character that went to Alex Chen from Life is Strange True Colors. Authentic Representation Award also went to Life is Strange True Colors um, in terms of you know, presenting an LGBTQ yeah. relationship. Uh, the Industry Diversity Award went to UP's Raise the Game Pledge. Nice. Um, Gaming Magazine also has, you know, they have an online magazine that you can read. Uh, their Reader's Award went to Resident Evil Village, and their Game of the Year Award went to Life is Strange Blue Colors. The other nominees for Game of the Year were Boyfriend Dungeon, Psychonauts, and Unpacking. Uh, very specific games picked uh, in terms of LGBTQ representation in gaming, which is why not everything is nominated. But still, something of note to pay attention to in the uh, the gaming sphere. That is video games. 
Yes, it's it's definitely important to pay attention. Um, I I genuinely I, I genuinely enjoy these uh, the gaming uh, awards every year because I, I it it puts me onto new streamers that I genuinely like to see. Um, also, new tabletop games. Some of these games are actually very well good. Um, Thirsty Sword Lesbians is a very good five E attachment. Not gonna lie. <laughs> But yeah. Um, let's go over some of the uh, news coming out of Activision Blizzard. Diablo Immortal was finally revealed to be coming to PC also. I so, don't believe so whether or not you have a real. phone. <laughs> I'm gonna give it no, I'm giving it the Elden I will not believe the game is real until I see the credit screen. So <laughs> in your hands, right? Yeah. Like after after I've done after I've beat the entire game. Uh I can't believe it got a, a, a I I I genuinely want to understand what what I really want to know how well it's going to be because I don't think it's going to be that well as a game. I don't know either, but uh I guess we'll wait and see until when it eventually actually does come out. Uh, um, I think one of the other interesting things that they've done with their games, uh, this is just Activision Blizzard in general, we're going over all the Activision Blizzard stuff. Uh, yeah. Call of Duty Warzone has Godzilla and King Kong coming <laughs> to the game. Uh, and this is going to be part of their Season 3 May update, uh, which starts on May 11th. Godzilla and King Kong will actually fight on the map as you're playing. Um, and there are finishing moves that let you pick up enemies and send them flying across the map. I don't know how I feel about this. You can eat them. God. You can eat them. Thank God. And have them finish them off. It's great. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why it's a video game. But the fact that Godzilla and Kong are there is interesting. I I don't know why they're in this game. I don't know why either. There's been so many years Godzilla versus Kong, like the actual movie. Why they have here in this game? It's a year later, isn't it? It's such a long time. It's I feel like a, maybe two years. No, it can't be. I think it's been like a. I don't know. Hold on. Um, there is some concern with the uh the. No, it's been a year. It's been a year. It's been a year. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. With the Microsoft acquisition, as Activision stock continues to fall, uh, it's leaving some uncertainty that the uh deal will actually fall off now. Uh. Because the stock price is going lower than what their perceived value. Yes, I still think Microsoft. Um, will, yes, I still think that the deal will go through. Honestly, um, I think the issue is less about the stock price and more about the whole. Hey, should it, it's it's this idea that should we let Microsoft own this much? 
And same thing with Google, same thing with Facebook or Meta, however you want to call them. And same thing right. with uh, Epic Games, which I have issues with. So yeah. Um, yeah, that that's so it, it's more of that. Actually, <laughs> the Activision Music Board is actually set to vote today. Uh, I don't know if they've done it already or not, but the vote is actually happening today on whether to agree to the deal. There's mm. also a subcommittee uh, to determine the fate of current CEO Bobby Kotick. Um, it's pretty much thought out that the board is going to accept the deal, but thanks to new powers that were offered to the FTC, uh, the investigation... Yes, the Federal Trade Commission. The merger is still going to be... In- yep. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting... This is supposed to be a happen very soon. After, if they vote today, uh, that means the acquisition. If they oh, vote yes, the vote was, actually, the the vote was actually just, just uh, done. Uh, 98% of shares voted in favor of the acquisition. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, there, uh, one key hurdle likely is the FTC, who is Lena Khan, who is recently the appointed head. She's shown willingness to tackle big tech, uh, big tech antitrust issues, including blocking NVIDIA and reopening a case against Meta. Um, the deal will also require regulatory approval abroad, including China. So it might be China that has the issue as well. Okay. That makes sense. It does make sense. Um, yeah. speaking of lawsuits, let's, let's touch on, um, uh, <laughs> big sound. Um, and I, I kind of, so bad I went as hard on this game as I did now that like the truth is coming out about it. Um, like, but I said, it turns- like I said, for anything, I still think, like I said, the game either finished, shipped unfinished, or I said he wanted to release a Genesis game. That that was what I said about the game. So <laughs> it turns out, uh, you know, it was unfinished. Yeah. Um, so Yuji Naka was the creator of Hedgehog, history Hatcher, director of Balan Wonder World, uh, a game that got critically slammed. Um, even by me, also because I'm a, such a fan of his work that I was hoping the game would be good. It wasn't. It's was very, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it turns out that uh, halfway. Or about a half a year before the game was actually released, Yuji Naka was removed as the director of Ballad Wonderworld. He filed a lawsuit against Square Enix uh, for this removal. Uh, unfortunately, the game was released in an unfinished state. Uh, and that's his claim. Uh, he's now able to talk about it legally. Uh, they've, they've been going through some litigation over the past uh, couple of years uh, since the game released. Um, and he made uh, a lot, a very long Twitter statement uh, about this. So I'm going to take all these tweets in order yeah. <laughs> and tell you what Yujinaka has said. Uh, and this is quote. This is as quoted from Yujinaka. I was removed as the director of Balan Wonderworld about a half a year 
before the lease. So I filed a lawsuit against Sporting. Now that the proceedings are over and I'm no longer bound by company rules, I'd like to speak out. I think it's wrong of Square Enix not to value games and game fans. According to court documents, I was removed as director of Balan Wonderworld for two reasons. It was done by the producer, head of marketing, head of sound, managing director, and human resource. First, when a YouTuber's arranged piano performance of the game music was released in a promotion instead of the original game track, turning the composer into a ghostwriter, I insisted that the original track released this caused trouble. Second, according to court documents, Oshima told producer Fujimoto that the relationship with Arzus was ruined due to comments I made wanting to improve the game in the face of Arzus submitting the game without fixing bugs. Also, in an email from Oshima to Fujimoto, he wrote, I just told the staff about the demo delay. When I told them this was producer Fujimoto's decision, let's do our best for him, the staff applauded and cheered. This was unexpected, and I was moved. The staff's been down lately, but their spirits have been revived. Thank you very much. All of us on the staff will work hard. So the schedule wasn't up to me, but the producer. If the schedule being tight was the producer's doing, something was off. We were releasing an original game, but only putting out an arranged track is definitely wrong. I believe that the game music that everyone can come out are the original tracks. I believe that every effort must be put in to make games the best way they can be until the very end so that game fans will enjoy what they buy. It wasn't right to, without discussion, move and completely disassociate from the project, from the project our director saying so. Retweeting, liking, etc. on social media and such was banned, so I don't think Square Enix values game fans. There were many comments and wonderful illustrations about Balamon. Now, really sorry that I couldn't be active. Myself, I'm truly sorry to the customers who bought Balan Wonderworld in an unfinished state. From this point onward, I will be able to react post-tagging me or directly only toward me on social media. And such. I believe that when making games, asking for fixes in order to make something good should be a given. And if that's not possible, it should be taught over. But it looks like they can't. I don't think they value games. For Sonic the Hedgehog, two weeks before... Before finalizing, the specifications were changed so that if you have even one ring, you won't die. This now well-known rule was the result of reducing the game until the very end, and people world over having enjoyed it as a result. Improving the game until the very end is what being a game creator is all about, and if that's not possible, something's wrong. I asked my lawyer to negotiate my just being able to come until the end of production. Their refusal led me to file suit. I think that the resulting Balan Wonderworld and the critical reception it received have a lot to do with what happened. I'm really disappointed that a product I worked on from the very start turned out this way. So that was his full statement. Uh, yeah. I, on that, which, I actually agree with him on a lot of that. And, and, and we could tell by how um, Square Enix has been acting in the news. I don't know if you've been following some of the recent gaffes that Square Enix has had, have you? Uh, in the past, like, two weeks? Yeah, I've been paying attention. So, there's the Kingdom Hearts, like, anniversary glass set, where it's like, oh, they're doing these really pretty crystal glass sets. That's really cool. Why are they $600? Because of the type of glass that they are and everything. It, it, yeah. And then there is the Final Fantasy creator, um, Sakaguchi, 
is worried about Square Enix's common sense because he balked at Square Enix's $11,000 Final Fantasy VI statue, which I kind well, of agree. Buy that? <laughs> I kind of, it's a one six scale. You need six. It's like, listen, if it was half scale, sure. If it was full scale, like a one to one, sure. 11K, perfect. I, I can't at one sixth scale for $11,000. That's absurd. He even went as far to like post and say like, what is going on? Um, there's also talk of Square Enix doubling down on the whole Bitcoin blockchain, everything. And it's just. It, it's everyone's just kind of wondering what is Square Enix doing? Then there was the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4, which everyone's just like, no, nobody asked for this so soon. <laughs> also, now I believe that we're wrong about the bouncer's timeline. <laughs> Sora is not the kid. Sora is the father of Sion. Sora is Sion's father. It would make sense because that world looks exactly like the game. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> ah, it's just it's just been one bad gaffe after another. There was the recent um issue with Final Fantasy XIV's uh housing lottery where wow, it's just like the real world. There's not enough housing for everyone. Um, they accidentally put zeros, so literally nobody won lotteries, which is hilarious to me. They forgot to uh not include the integer of zero. So, oh yeah, it's just, I don't know what they're doing. Um, there are rumors going around that there might be acquisitions of Square Enix by another company as well going on. Um, heard, yeah, I, I don't know speculation. I just. No, no, no. I've heard speculation from anywhere from Bandai Namco buying Square Enix to Toei. I've heard Sony mind. Yeah, also. So, who knows? There's there's a lot of these rumors pop up from time to time. Especially when a company is doing something random like this. This is is absurd, honestly. How are we getting Kingdom Hearts 4 news before we even get part 2 of Final Fantasy 7? Like... Are, are are we really gonna have to wait another twenty years for, for part two? Most likely. Oh, God. God. Just but then there's it. also the fact that like the devs for that other game, which I feel so bullet the bulletstorm devs. Um Outriders? Outriders, thank you. I always I feel bad that I can't remember their name. I feel terrible about not remembering the name of the game, but I do believe that they at least deserve to be paid for their game. Well, they're, like, they're coming out with an expansion, so something went right. They I announced wanna, the new expansion. I want to know if that's contractually obligated or what, because even um, even the phoned-in game by, uh, what's it called? By Platinum Games for Square Enix. Uh, Babylon's Fall only has four (laughs) four concurrent players on Steam. Actually, let me double check right now. Two. I I remember it was like 
It is now two concurrent players, and I bet you they're both bots. <laughs> oh, man. That game, I was just like, nope. <laughs> Not too. <sighs> Play Vampire the Masquerade instead. Yeah, basically. Um, then there's the whole issue with <laughs> Guardians, which I think Guardians of the Galaxy was a great game. It was genuinely a wonderful game. It was. It just, uh, to, to, according to Square Enix, it didn't sell well. What, what, I, I don't know. Look, look at the numbers last stream. But like, this game did sell well. What are they talking about? Uh, like, what, what, what did they want it to sell? I'm generally confused as to how much I, they wanted it to sell. I'm starting to believe that Square Enix either has a very bad pachinko, like, gambling addiction somewhere, or they've overextended their cash flow somehow. Those are the only two okay. things I could think of. Something is definitely wrong with their mindset towards gaming. And, and I hope it gets fixed because these developers are going to be under so much pressure and not be able to make the games or, that they want to make. Or Nintendo's going to end up with a lot more of people coming, leaving there and going to Monolith Soft and to side games, in all honesty. <laughs> because both of those, both of those companies are from huge Square Enix exoduses. Yes. <laughs> it's, I uh, think that's going to happen. I really do think that's going to happen. Um, I, uh, I don't know what's going on. I really don't know anymore, man. <sighs> I don't know. It's just, it's absurd. Like this Balon Wonderland stuff now kind of makes sense to me how the game does look like it was unfinished. And maybe we should go back and reass uh, reassess the game. Uh, huh? I'm still going to stand by my It's still released. So to someone, it was done. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I mean by, re I'm not talking about reassess like the review or anything about it, but maybe not look at it as under such a harsh light. Does that make sense? Kind of like how the Gundam community doesn't look, uh, doesn't um, look at uh, F90 Gundam F91 so closely because the whole thing where Bandai wanted to get rid of Tomino, so they took his series and turned it into a movie. That's why it was so weird with the pacing. So okay, that that's what I mean. I'm like, let's not let's not be mean to it because it couldn't live up to its potential. Because someone down the line wanted to kneecap it. I guess. Uh, and upcoming news, we have Mods Hunter Rise, a Sunbreak digital event happening on May 10th. That should be interesting. Let's see what Capcom has. Yep. I have no idea what we're, what we're expecting, honestly, from Capcom. I just, I just want Dino Crisis. <laughs> you can't tell me that's not Dino Crisis. Like you can't just show well, we me have that to... and go away. And I'm like, that's Dino Crisis. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> but I think I think that covers everything for uh, this episode. That covers most of the things for this episode. We have some uh, there's some other news, but we'll expand on that more uh, for our next episode. I want to. Uh, I know people are probably so questioning about the Twitch news, and in all honesty, um, I would like to wait to hear at least from Twitch side because all we know this could be leaked proposals. That's all I'm going to talk about. That. Yeah. 
we'll we'll have more information for sure sometime yeah. there. Uh, but that's gonna do it for today's episode. Uh, stick around though, because after the show, we'll have RJ and Joel doing some more great Ace Attorney. Um, but in the meantime, as always, you can check out uh, our various links. Uh, I think my son's at dinner, so uh, anyone who is in the chat, either RJ or Nina Ivan, if you don't mind spewing ahead with the uh, commands. Uh, okay, there you go, Gino. There's our Discord link. We got all the links and everything there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my son is eating dinner. <laughs> yep. So Hulk's oh, oh he came back. <laughs> He's back. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I owe you for next time. I owe you for next time. <laughs> buddy, you can put in our you can put in the website link if you want, buddy. All right. <laughs> he all the <laughs> well, That's right. This Saturday we have a radio drama. Saturday at 4 p.m., the radio drama pool will be doing Batman Beyond and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. There should be uh, some interesting stuff to watch. You can definitely check that out this Saturday. Little known uh, fact, they had, to, they had to erase like three scenes. They, they had to res- uh, remove three scenes from the, uh, from the movie Return of the Joker because it was way too close to 9-11. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Involving the stock exchange actually in Gotham City. So they were like, yeah, we can't hear this. <laughs> oh, the first two episodes of Batman Beyond. Okay. Okay. Anyways, uh, stick around because we have RJ and Joel coming up next with the uh, the greatest attorney. We're going to be here checking you out on the current streams. All our social media links have already been posted there so we'll catch you all on the next stream and on the next episode of this wonderful podcast but until next time you've been decoded